Welcome to the Alchemy of Business Show with your host, Steve Rogers. The Alchemy of Business Show is a podcast that mixes practical, actionable business solutions with soulful insights for anyone seeking deeper meaning in their lives and greater success in their work. Steve will be featuring purpose-driven leaders from all walks of life and getting insight into their journeys from failures to triumphs. So tune in to Transition, Transform, and Evolve in every dimension of your business and life. And now your host of the Alchemy of Business show, Steve Rogers. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for listening in or viewing in on the Alchemy of Business show. We are always here talking about making wiser decisions, creating higher purpose, and also making sure that we are creating greater profits in our business and life. I am thrilled beyond belief today to have a guest that I've known for uh, probably a few decades now. This is someone who I met back when I was running Prudential as an executive. I met her in an experience from sales training where she was teaching a lot of our salespeople, but I quickly learned in meeting her that she is way, way beyond even just sales training because she is a life trainer. She is a master. And I can't wait to have you be introduced to this woman. Her name is Nirka. Uh, how many people can go by one name and be so unique? I've never met any other Nirka besides Nirka. She is a transformational leader. She's a master results coach and a world-class speaker. I've seen her on stages in front of thousands of people, in front of 50 people. And she is as empowering and dedicated to her message as anyone I've ever seen. For the last two decades, Nirka has been creating and leading transformational experiences and workshops online programs. She's guided hundreds of thousands of people to elevate in their own speaking and their own business and their own consciousness and their own life. And in 2000, she created an inspiring social transformation through inner evolution. She has customized trading programs that are just top of the list. I mean, she does an awesome job on her curriculums, her program. She's been involved in various companies and ways in helping people or investing in them. And in her early days, she had the opportunity to not only work with Tony Robbins, but she actually opened up for him, spoke with him on stages and got to be in his up echelon because Tony saw the talent in who she is as a woman, as a leader, as a being. So in her understanding of this, we are going to learn more from Nirka today with her wise words of wisdom. So let's welcome Nirka. I am so happy to be here with you, Steve, and with everyone. It's a joy and an honor. Well, thank you, Nirka. You and I met back when I was running Prudential, and I'll never forget having you in my office in San Diego, and I was sitting in my corner office talking with you about what we needed to do for our salespeople, and I was kind of interviewing to see if you were the right fit, and you had just got done doing some training for Mercedes. You'd been doing training for different people and you were just like on it. I mean, you were like, you just knew your stuff. You were confident. You knew how to motivate salespeople. You knew how to get to the buyer thinking. You knew how to engage and realize that your training technique could really have effect. So how at that early age of being in this space where you would walk into Mercedes or Prudentials or a brand name companies, how did you walk in and know that you knew you had what people needed? I made a decision early on that I was going to transform my life and I was going to empower others along the way. And in the early stages, it was challenging because I was a kid on the road. I mean, I went on the road with Tony Robbins when I was 19 and I lived in 16 different cities over a five-year period. And it was often that I would go into companies and people would be looking over my shoulder going, hey, where's the trainer? And I'd be like, over here, that's me. <laughs> so one of the things I loved about meeting with you is how proactive, I, I remember how proactive you are and were as a leader at that time. So connecting with you was definitely a much more fluid conversation. There were other times where I'd have to get myself totally centered and aligned in that parking lot and start visualizing success in advance and being mindful of my energy, my physiology, my focus. What was I thinking in that moment about the experience? So coming into a place of alignment and attunement before walking into those business meetings was one of the keys to success. And how did you realize at an early age that you could make that choice to find those teachings. I know you had an interesting road in your early days of, I mean, there's even some stories you tell about for a period of time living out of your car. You mm -hmm. were a self-made young teenager, young woman. So how did you go, I'm not going to end up in the dire straits. I'm going to end up finding out how to learn from the masters. So how did that even begin from going from, I don't know if you're open to telling about the story about living in your car, but how do you go from living in your car to becoming a master teacher? So let's talk about that, those early days. I hit threshold 
threshold. I just experienced so much pain and trauma that I hit a point where I was like, that's it, no more. Something has got to change. And in the midst of that, I started searching and I started looking for answers and I started reading everything I could find. And I didn't have any mentors back then. So mm. my mentors were books and they were, you know, those cassettes. You remember the yeah. kiss, those tape cassettes that I would listen to in my car. And back then I remembered I had this Honda Prelude with a broken radiator. And I used to have to drive to like the next gas station to fill the radiator with water so that the car wouldn't heat up. But the whole way there, I was listening to like these tapes and I was fueling my mind with new ideas because I realized that my thinking was recreating more of the problems. And that if I was going to change my life, I had to change the way I was thinking, I had to change the way I was feeling. I didn't have those resources within me. So my portal for quantum leaping, for transformation, for transforming pain into possibility and then into power was reading and listening to cassettes quite literally, Steve, like my life depended on it. Mm, wow. Well, you know, that's so powerful that you and I had that so common path. We didn't necessarily go on and get college big degrees that many people have, but we definitely got life degrees. I'm a guy that barely graduated high school and moved out of my house when I was 17. And I had a similar experience to you. I was so hungry to find out that I knew there had to be more in life because I'd seen other people living it. I'd seen other people experiencing it. And that was even in the days before you and I, there wasn't even Instagram and social media to really display what else was out there. But I knew that I wanted more. So having that, those reading, those cassettes, the stuff that led to that was just an unbelievable experience for me as well to find then who were my mentors? Who did I resonate with? So some of your early day mentors were whom? And then you ended up finding in not only in a mentor, but in working, you became almost an equal at times with Mr. Tony Robbins. So let's talk about how that cassette tape goes from your car and your cassette <laughs> player to sitting across from some of your mentors who you now have spoken on stages with. But let's start in that story there if we could. Cassette yeah. to Tony Robbins. Cassette to Tony Robbins. Well, I was living pretty much on the streets. I mean, I left my house at 15 and I joke in my book, I have an opening line that says I embarked on a quest for freedom, truth, and enlightenment when I was 15 years old, except back then I called it running away from home. So <laughs> one of the CDs that I started listening to, and I didn't even realize that he was Tony Robbins's mentor was Jim Rohn. Oh, sure. So I yeah. Listening to Jim Rohn. I started listening to Brian Tracy. I started listening to Tom Hopkins. I mean, these are some of the older school guys, Zig Ziglar. And I started, I realized something early on. Here's what I realized. I didn't have the education, just like you said, I didn't have the degrees. So I started researching. I'm like, okay, who are the highest paid income people on the planet? And it was athletes, entertainers, and sales professionals. And I wasn't really that excited about sales, to be honest, but I'm like, okay, this is my ticket. And really deep down, that's what I love about the alchemy of business. I had deep existential questions like, who am I? And what is my purpose? And why am I here? And what is my ultimate destiny? But being a kid on the streets, I had to figure out how to make money because I'm like, you know, this is precarious to not. Yeah, you had a big half to, no doubt. <laughs> yes. So I made a decision. I'm going to figure out how to make money so that then I could explore these deeper callings of its spirit, who I am and what my purpose is. So I ended up getting sales jobs. And one day I hit threshold with one of these sales jobs. I went from sales job to sales job, making hundred percent commission. And I hit threshold and I ended up going to the newspaper and I saw this little tiny ad and it was like, we're looking for leaders and entrepreneurs and you know, and I was like, oh my gosh, maybe that's me. And I called this ad and I ended up scheduling an interview. And at the time I had a blue Monte Carlo. This wasn't even my old car. I pulled up to this interview in a hotel and the car died in the parking lot. And when I walked in, there was this oh, no. big, huge event. I know I was so embarrassed. I was so ashamed, but I walked in and there was this big, huge event. And I saw the person on the stage presenting and I go, there's an opportunity. And then I ended up going, multiple things happened. I'm like cramming this story into a little soundbite for you. What ended up happening is I went to go work for one of the biggest promoters in the US and that company ended up going bankrupt and I didn't get paid for my month's worth of work. And then the people in that company left and some of them went to go work for Tony Robbins and they told the Tony Robbins leaders, there's a kid who's out on the road. And I last we heard she went hiking in the desert and she doesn't have a job, but you know what? She could sell. We should give her an <laughs> And then I got a call. And I remember I shot a video of myself leading a presentation without an audience. And I went to a video store, bought a video camera, didn't have the money and ended up returning the video camera after I shot the video. And wow. I got an opportunity to work with Tony. And that changed everything. That was like a launching pad for my life. And I started working with Tony when I was 19 years old. And like I said, I lived in 15 or 16 different cities over a five year period. You know, what's wonderful about that story are so many things. But what resonates with me is some people would not 
not have the drive and the determination and the tenacity and the resilience to go through that path. So if, for those entrepreneurs that are listening and or people that are feeling maybe that they're in their own breaking down car right now, and it might just be a problem in a business, it might be a problem in a relationship. Have you learned to, as an example, you have your three keys to manifestation on uh, slide uh, number four here, I think, Noel, who's our engineer. So I'm thinking about how do these things tie into what you're saying right now? Because what I've seen about your life of knowing you now is you've repeated those things time and time again, your intention. Can you talk about how even back then when you didn't know to break it into such succinct categories, like what is the three keys of manifestation? And did you realize you were doing it back then and now you're intentionally doing it now? Like how did, was that just inbred in you? Was that something that you had to be taught and then you just were really great about teaching others? So let's talk a little bit about that. That's such a great question. I was introduced to Think and Grow Rich at an early age and then I ended up realizing that was a cliff note to laws of success. And I started reading that book like my life depended on it. And one of the things that I became very clear on, like you mentioned in the slide, was my intent. And before the intent even is I made a decision. I was like, I'm in pain, something has to change and I've got to change it. And in the midst of that is I started creating a vision. And this is so important for all of us and leaders in business and in every area of life. I started visioning how I wanted to live, how I wanted to feel, what I wanted to create. I started creating the results in my mind in advance and having it be visceral where I could feel the feelings of success in advance. And then from that space, I started taking action. And as a kid out there, because that's what they used to call me. They used to call me the kid. I get a lot of rejection. And I remember feeling heartbroken and going back to my car and wiping off my tears and picking myself back up from the bootstraps and going, okay, what did I learn? What could I do better next time? How can I shift this? How can I bring myself into alignment? Like you shared the slide on coherence so I can powerfully move forward and make sure that there is no failure. There's a learning experience. So I kind of reframed my thinking that there is no failure, only feedback. Mm. So this is a failure. This is feedback. Okay. I'm getting feedback about what's not working. Note to self, I'm not going to do that again. Next time I'm going to do this. And I kept doing that. I remember leaving presentations and having a notebook. And in that notebook, I would write, what did I do great? And what could I do better? And man, I lived with this notebook. And then the next time I would go in, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm not going to do that. And then there was a continual evolution. And the other thing too, is there was tenacity. Like you mentioned tenacity. I was like, I will not be denied. I'm going to find a way. So what others had in skill set, I made up for in passion, determination, unwillingness to not have it work and a belief that I will achieve. I just keep need to change my strategy, change my strategy until I hit the mark. <laughs> wow, that's powerful. Noel, can you pop that slide up as we come to the break here? <clears throat> but that th what she just said in the last 45 seconds was something that applies to all human beings, all spiritual beings, all corporate executives, all entrepreneurs, the power of resilience and the power of having your vision and the power of not being denied and understanding that you are worthy is so powerful. And so I want to come back from the break here, we're going to talk more with Nirka, not only about intent, coherence, and action, because she is a queen of that. We're also going to talk about how do you manifest more success in your life? And what is it you define as success in your own life that may be different than others? And do these principles apply to all those things, regardless of what they might be? So come back and learn more about that on the Alchemy of Business show. We'll be back in just a few moments. Hello, and welcome back to the Alchemy of Business show. We had a hot, sizzling, and moving segment with our guest, Nirka. We were talking about how success is something we all desire, but what happens when you're having failure, and how do you turn that into feedback? How do you turn that into manifesting the next step to take? How do you have the ability to do internal inventory of assessing yourself, what's working, what's not? So Nirka, let's pick up with that a bit. So you had this, I will not be denied. You have tenacity. You have this hunger to learn. And when you got that opportunity as the kid, here's the kid who can say, you got within the Tony Robbins organization. And that was probably even before Tony was even as big as Tony became while you were with him. And then even how big Tony's become in his own evolution now. But once you got that opportunity, how did you grab it, seize it? And then how did you maximize it? Well, it's funny because when I first got the opportunity, I was seen as the kid and they would give me all the non-qualified appointments that nobody wanted to run in like Timbuktu with like three people. So there I was in like New York City, everybody's living in Manhattan. And I'm like in Morristown, New Jersey 
on the outskirts running the meetings that nobody wants. So after running those types of meetings, I'm like, that's it. This sucks. I've got to change something. So I made a decision to figure out a way to hack that position. And what do I mean by hack? I was like, how do I create the greatest result in the shortest amount of time? And what I realized was there wasn't a specific strategy or a training of things that allowed or instructed the trainer that was going out to bypass certain criteria that consistently led to failure. So for example, mm. if you're driving two hours and you're only meeting with three people and none of them are decision makers, that's not a good strategy. So I ended up looking at my results, feeling the pain, and in the midst of that pain, literally developing a strategy. Mm. And that strategy empowered me to create results with momentum. And I developed that strategy. I gave them that strategy. I trained the Tony Robbins company before I left on that particular strategy. And once I got the strategy, one of them I called closing the seven deadly loopholes. I literally created that because I said, if we don't close these, we're done. And what started happening is once I discovered that and integrated that again through transforming pain. So if you're listening right now and you're feeling pain with the area that challenges you the most can be the area where the greatest evolution is. And once yeah. I got this, I was able to produce results literally within a few days. Like I could produce greater results in a few days than others did in an entire month. And it was based on that strategy. And then from there, I started getting recognized in the company and they're like, well, who is this kid? Let's give her more of the good meetings. Let's give her more of the meetings that the, at the top of of a calendar. And then from there, I was very blessed to become the number one trainer. I mean, I don't say this boasting because I come from very, very humble beginnings. I reached a level within that company where I was so far ahead as far as my results that I broke all the records. And my understanding is I've broken all the records to this day. Wow, that's powerful. Well, how when you're that much of you went from being a small fish and a big a medium pond that became a big pond, then you became a big fish. How did you decide to jump into your own pond in your own ocean? Like a lot of times people in life get to have the opportunity of choosing transition and transformation. Sometimes it's chosen where we feel called to go do something else we're being pushed or called or we have like me when I had been at a company for 15 years rose to the ranks of CEO. And then the 2008 meltdown after I helped close half the company, I got pushed out. So I had a force brick upside the head transition. But when people are doing that, you're a master at manifesting. You are a master. I also want to get into some NLP stuff in a minute. But how did you go, okay, I'm now been recognized in this company. And if someone's listening in, if you're at the top of your food game in a food chain in your company and an organization, and you're thinking, oh my God, it's still not what I thought. I want something else. How did that happen for you, Nirka, to go launch your own thing? And when did that happened and how did you have the courage to do that? It happened in the year 2000. I was with Tony from 95 to 2000. I'd been on the road for five years. I moved every two months for five years. I had accumulated so much stuff that I had like all these boxes and the moving trucks would come and I'd be in New York for two months and then I'd be in Chicago for two months and then Fort Lauderdale for two months and then Seattle for two months and then LA for two months. And after doing this for five years, frankly, I was burnt out. Mm. And I went to the company and I said, I need a sabbatical. And I ended up taking a two-month sabbatical and I traveled through Egypt and I traveled through Costa Rica and I traveled through all these different places and I came back but I was still burnt out I was like I can't keep traveling this way I don't have a home I'm living in corporate suites I'm driving these really nice rental cars really nice suites but still I felt like I was this person on the road and I came back to the company and I said I needed a transition I need a shift and I went to the executives and I proposed something to them I proposed to them a corporate training division I said I see so many companies that go to the seminars and go to the programs. But then after we leave the city and they don't have a continual ongoing training process, yeah, what happened, and I yeah. proposed creating, customizing and leading this corporate training program. Well, they weren't up for it. They didn't want to do it. And at the time I was one of the highest paid people in the entire organization, like next to the CEO based on my commissions, you know, I'm definitely in the top tier. And so I said to them, because there was no other place for me to go, where else would I go after reaching the height in that company? And this new opportunity wasn't available. So what I did was I graciously called them and said, I want to give you a two month notice. And during these two months, I want to train your people. I want to share everything I've learned. I want to give you everything. And then I was really fascinated when two days after I said that the woman who was head of the vice president, of the whole company, fascinatingly, Steve, her name was Faith. Okay. <laughs> Faith, Perfect. let me go. And I wrote about, so I can relate to that. And I was heartbroken. I was like, what do you mean you're letting me go? I'm right. here. Uh, I'm like, wait a minute. And they're like, well, if this doesn't work for you, there's not a position here. So it, I knew that it was time for a change. I knew that I couldn't continue. And yet I was invited to leave 
earlier than I had anticipated because I thought for sure I'd get those last two months. And you wanted to do it on your terms, right? You wanted to be the chooser. And then the universe said, oh, we're going to speed this up a little bit for you. Faith, Faith knew chooser. that you had a different timeline. Yeah, totally. And not only be the chooser, I wanted to be the giver. I wanted ah, to leave yeah. in this place of let me just give you everything that I've created and let's maintain this relationship in a new way. And I was, like I said, I was a little heartbroken by that, but it was the greatest thing that could happen because I ended up leaving and now I was like, like, okay, I don't have a place to live. I don't have a car because remember I was living in corporate housing and I cried for about three days, like literally went to the beach, sat on a rock and cried. And then within four days, I signed my very first account, which was Mercedes Benz. I picked myself up from the bootstraps and I go, you know what? You can't sit here and cry. You're going to go create something now. And I go, what am I going to create? I know training. I know corporate. I'm going to go create value for companies. Who do I know? And I picked up the phone and I called the decision maker and I said, Hey, I want to come down there and share with you a corporate training that I can create for you. And I didn't have business cards. I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a strategy. I didn't have a company, but that's how it started. Wow. That's powerful. Well, we have about five minutes left in this segment and I ha have so many things I want to hit from what you just unpacked. So I'm trying to go, okay, where do I want to start with that? You're jumping out on faith. When you said you were still on, had traveled to the sabbatical, you were on burnout. Did the burnout shift as soon as you realized you had a new have to? Like when you went from going, I want to have this transition out, I'd like to make my timing. And then faith appropriately in the way of the universe works says, Hey, we're going to let you go. Did your thinking about burnout switch to have to energy and then recharge or did fear do you remember that feeling when you went from oh my gosh you know i had all this going on i was there and now i'm transitioning was it fear was the burnout went away was it i have a new have to i'm just it, it, when people are in transition i'm always curious when they've done it or what other people are coming up against because the world now has caused a lot of transition for people with coronavirus and the global pandemic choice you know either chosen or forced so i'm just curious how you shifted that energy which you are a master about in supreme influence. We're going to talk about that in the next segment, but talk about that. If you can remember that time, your questions are so awesome. They're causing me to remember that time. And I haven't thought about it a long time. So it was a breakdown and then feeling the breakdown being like, I can't be in this breakdown. I've got to break through. And I remember those first few days, like literally, I remember going to the beach in Laguna beach, sitting on a rock and sobbing. And then miracles happen. I remember some people coming and saying certain things to me that were like miraculous things that they said. And it was like, wow, this is like destiny for that person to say this to me. And I remember even going to the chiropractor and my spine was like all messed up. And he says, why your spine is totally out of alignment. I said, he says, your spine looks like a question mark. That's actually what he mm. said to me. That's because I'm questioning everything. Wow. In that moment, I think I wallowed in pain for probably about three days. And then I go, you can't keep doing this. There's like no benefit to this. Like to what end? I'm like, okay, so what do you got to do? You got to practice everything you've learned. You got to stand up tall. You got to put your shoulders back. You got to ask a better question. You got to focus on a possibility. You've got to make a change right now. So I accessed a state, a state of being, a state of consciousness. And we talk about faith, like faith fuels my life. Like I knew deep down that there was a greater purpose why this was happening and that I had to trust that there was something here. Something would unfold. Even if I couldn't see it in the moment, something would unfold. And I took action from that space. And it was amazing because within four days, I signed Mercedes Benz and I signed part of the deal on a trade barter because I didn't have a car. I walked out of that deal four days after starting the company on, I a love hand, it. on a handshake. We didn't even have a contract because I had developed so much rapport and I walked out with a brand new Mercedes Benz four days after my wallowing period with a car on a handshake. And I love four, that. Four days, five days. I mean, something, I'm, you know, as far as those days within less than a week. That is so powerful. Well, from pain and sobbing to manifestation and realizing that you had to take all of the things you'd learned and apply them. You realized you were in the ring and you were like, you were it. I mean, I remember that many times myself. I remember when I got pushed out and I'd been in with this company for 15 years and had risen from the manager to be the CEO of a Warren Buffett company. And I'll remember, never forget the day that I got let go. And it wasn't too shocking because I had had to downsize half the company over the last year and close like 50 of our hundred offices. But when you hear those words, we're letting you go or you're fired or we no longer want you in this position. It is a stake to the heart of feeling betrayed, of feeling let down, of feeling not good enough. But I I immediately went and shifted like you did within minutes and said, you know what? They didn't just fire a CEO. They just freaking birthed an entrepreneur. Um, and I went into like, boom, shift change. And I didn't even take the time to do the pain and the wallowing because it was something that it was just an, a lightning bolt hit me. And I knew 
and this was in 2009, the real estate market was still at a crash. I'm like, I'm going to open my new company and I'm doing that next week. And it was like action just took in place because of some of the things you just said. I had been being trained by the Brian Tracy's the world. Brian had been my coach and mentor, the Tony Robbins, stuff I've done with you. I went in that moment, okay, I've been practicing all along. I'm now in the freaking ring. Like now it's game time. So for those of you that are listening in, thinking about where you're at in your life, if you're not feeling completely fulfilled, if you're not feeling like you are on fire every day, if you're not feeling like you are in the ring and you are doing it for yourself and for purpose and for others, and your juice is just flowing every day, then you might want to do that question mark like Nirka had in her back and look at, hmm, I wonder why. So let's come back from this segment with Nirka and find out how she can help us through things that she's done through Supreme Influence, NLP, which we will find out more about, and how you can help take even more control of the business that you currently run or are in, or if you want to create something new. We have it all coming back here on the next segment. Thanks for listening in on the Alchemy of Business show. Hello, and welcome back to the Alchemy of Business show. Whether you are listening in on some earbuds somewhere in a coffee shop, maybe you're viewing this on E360 TV or YouTube and you're seeing us, I'm not sure. But however you got here, we are glad you are here. We are coming back with Nirka, who has been talking about faith, about life, about success, about overcoming pain and manifesting. And we're going to dive deeper into that, Nirka. The stories you were sharing before this last segment, I'm hoping people heard those and can listen in because there's so many powerful things there. And when you were having this breakdown breakthrough after you left the Tony Robbins company. You decided that you were going to go out and create instantly on your own. You got this first Mercedes account. You got a new Mercedes car that was a bartering kind of within your first contract. How quickly, once you were in that on your own training Mercedes, and then you know you met other companies, and then you met me and trained in Prudential, um, how long did it take you to go, I got this, like this is what I'm supposed to be doing versus going, oh, I need to go find another Tony Robbins to attach and be the top person there. Was it instant? Did you never look back? So I'm just curious on how that, from the sobbing on the beach, the chiropractor with a question mark to the account, were you like smooth sailing from there or did you have doubts or fears being Beyond that point, it was instant, and I would not say it was smooth sailing, (laughs) but it was definitely instant. I had, after investing so much time in the years before going into companies and, and being relentless in my devotion to achieve results, I had a level of certainty that I had developed. And I also had a strategy for when I felt the things that a lot of entrepreneurs feel in the early stages, rejection, doubt, fear, worry, stress, all of these things, which I did feel I was not immune to those things. The difference is I had developed a strategy to one, recognize that I was in that state. Okay be able to step out of a disempowered state, self-regulate myself and adjust, adjust the questions I was asking myself, how I was moving my body, what I was focusing on and literally calling forth an empowered state like at will, even if it wasn't there before and having it be authentic, not like, oh, I'm happy, I'm happy and I'm successful and, you know, like pretending something, but really evoking it from within. And so much of this, we talked about faith in the previous segment. So much of this has been this inner knowing that who I am has a profound purpose in this life, that there is a higher destiny here. And that even when I couldn't see it, even when it was cloudy, even when I didn't know how I had faith that I would take a step forward and that either, even if I couldn't see that firm ground would show up or that wings to fly would show up. And I remember saying that to myself, this was like an internal mantra, you know, I am guided, I am protected. I've always find a way. And that was the source. So I never looked back and I never looked at other places to go because I love the freedom. I was like, woo, freedom. Okay. Choice, empowerment. I get to choose where I invest my time, my energy, my focus. I own my time. And I realized that back then. So I focused on what are the companies that I'm really inspired to empower, to lead. And in the beginning, I picked three industries and I came in doing corporate training and then it led to events. And then I led to coaching. And there was so many transitions in my business. I mean, I had a coaching program and I hired coaches. I did corporate training and we did that. And then I customized consulting programs where I'd come in and do entire consulting initiatives. And then I was doing live events. And there were so many different verticals within my company. A lot of this truly emerged from my belief. And your belief, when you mentioned the word, the person faith, who was the one that was the instrument and the person who helped transition you into your next life of where you're at now, did your faith in a higher something where you're being called, you know, there was something more when you were 15, you also obviously had that yearning for freedom, for choice, for all that stuff. So that 
hasn't changed in you. That sounds like it's been inbred from you from a young age and you're continuing to manifest that. But did you define that, even though you had fear, that fearlessness to go through that, how did you define that in your own faith? How did you describe what your source was? You've mentioned source a few times. You've mentioned higher purpose. You've mentioned being called. What is that you tap into? It's spirit. There's a life force. There's a consciousness. There's an energy. There's a divine presence that flows in as and through all existence. It's what, as Marianne Williamson, I love this line that she says, it causes an embryo to become a baby, a seed to become a flower. It's the life force energy that is within us all. And when we're disconnected from this source of all existence, these creative powers, that's where we feel these, you know, states of fear and lack and limitation and stress and overwhelm and all these things. So I gained a distinction. And that's why it's so powerful about this session that we're having right now is it's giving everyone these distinctions. And I found a distinction that when I'm not connected and in alignment with source, which is the intelligence that quite literally births all that is into existence. I feel these lower frequencies. I feel these lower vibrations and it's because I'm disconnected. So it's like, okay, so what are the practices? What are the rituals? What are the way of thinking and being and showing up in the world that creates attunement, that creates alignment? And that's where my life's work, which is one of the first brands that I created is Supreme Influence. Yes. That's what kept coming to me. Here. That supreme, supreme is the authentic, empowered you in alignment with the source. There is a source that births all into being and influence as I describe it in this book and in these courses and in this particular body of my life's work of which now after 21 years of being in business, there's an expanded context, right? Influence as I describe it is inward fluency, which is very different than how a lot of people think of the word influence in terms of sales and influence and persuasion and things of this nature. Inward fluency is like being so centered and clear on who you are, what your purpose is, what your values are, what your focus is, what your beliefs are that you are like in alignment. And when you're living in alignment, you become a magnet, you become a tuning fork. You begin to attract people, places, opportunities, experiences that match that frequency. So I became very clear that I wrote this book and as I was writing it, I was going through the alchemical process myself as I was writing it of really distilling those areas that do not serve. And a lot of these areas that do not serve and I teach this in one of my courses and we go deep to the root of what is the root of these old beliefs. You mentioned not good enough. That's one of the ones I hear the most from students from around the world. Doesn't matter what country they're in. Pervasive, like underlying subconscious thought of, oh my gosh, what if I'm not good enough? And if I'm not good enough that I won't be seen, I won't be loved and all of this. Well, it's time to say, you know what? Not true. Not true. False. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I declare falsehood and for us to rise to the heights that we're destined for. That's so powerful. Well, we, we got about five minutes left in this segment, so we're going to keep it like juicy and meaty like it is right now. I, let's go back to that book there, Noel on the slide, Supreme Influence, because I remember reading that book and I could tell that you were going through it, but you were birthing it and you also had lived it and you were also mastering it as you were writing. So if you, for those that aren't viewing this slide, you can go on Amazon or different spots or Nirka's site, which we're going to give in the show notes, but Supreme Influence, change your life with the power of the language you use. So she talks about the Supreme Force, but she also talks a lot about just reprogramming your own thoughts and words and what you are saying about yourself internally. So that art that you have, Nirka, that you've learned and you've mastered so well, NLP. Let's talk about how NLP, what it is, and how that ties into Supreme Influence. And at the same time, since this is a spiritual discussion at the moment, how does NLP, is NLP spiritual? Does NLP have energy? So let's tie that in for as you're sharing that, your thought. Definitely. And it's interesting because there's so many different definitions of NLP out there. It's like the people on the frontier of that field almost have a difficult time agreeing with the definition. And as I teach it in my courses, I actually call it evolved NLP because as I teach it, it is centered in the wisdom of the heart. So NLP looks at how we are literally creating as we speak. It looks at how our language influences our nervous system. And it goes deeper to understand the structure of human experience, the structure. In other words, how are we storing things in our mind? If someone has a certain doubt, for example, there's a structure to that doubt. NLP uncovers that structure and then gives specific techniques, tools, resources to literally shift structures at a subconscious level, which is why it is intimately linked with hypnosis, which is very misunderstood. A lot of times people think of hypnosis, they get like kind of scared and they go, oh my gosh, like, you know, I think of stage hypnotist. You're going to have me bark like a dog or, you know, you know, chirp like a chicken.
chicken or whatever, the reality <laughs> go in and out of trance all the time. Trance is a naturally occurring event. People have driving trances where they miss their exit. They have parenting trances where they just snap and go into reactive states of consciousness. So NLP recognizes that there is an autopilot subconscious pattern and that once we elicit it, we can step out of it. And rather than just being in it, I think I got my frame over here that I sometimes use, rather than just being in it where we're in the problem, we can access meta position. We can access states of metacognition and begin to observe ourselves and have an elevated inquiry and go, what is really happening here? Rather than just being in the fear, we can observe it. And in this right. state of observation, we gather learnings, distinctions, new realizations that empower us to have old patterns dissolve in light of wisdom, new wisdom and understanding. And NLP is very, very powerful that when you research it, some will say, oh, it's a pseudoscience. But when you really look at the world's top leaders and you look at some of the best speeches that have ever given on planet Earth, the underlying structure of these speeches contain NLP. And there is, so NLP stands for neuro, I didn't give you this from the beginning, so that's for neuro linguistic programming. Neuro is the nervous system. Linguistic is the language and that we are running these programs. And there are often programs from the imprinting stages of childhood. I mean, before you were even like six or seven, where someone said something to you and in those vulnerable state of a child, that was accepted as truth, even though it's not true. So there's evolved NLP recognizes that NLP is a tool. That's what NLP is. And with a tool, you can build anything based on consciousness. So you asked me about spirituality. So if you have a tool, how the consciousness of the one who wields the tool determines the manifestation of the creation. So for example, someone can use NLP with not so great intentions, and then you could build something like a prison, or you could use it with the greatest intentions. You could build a school, you can build a temple. So NLP in and of itself is neutral. The way that I teach it is through the wisdom of the heart, which is spiritual and evolved. I love that. Well, we only got about one minute left in this segment, but again, there's so much to unpack there. So those that are listening in, you may have to go back and listen to some of this because she's given so many wisdom bombs right there, dropping them in. But the NLP stuff, what I've come to realize is, well, we are one of the most complex computer systems that have ever existed in the universe. And we look at technology that has evolved and we're fascinated by what our iPhones can do and you know, artificial intelligence now that's anticipating things. But one of the uh, people that I'm friends with and been mentoring with lately is a woman named Dana Zora, who kind of coined the word in the 70s of spiritual intelligence, even before artificial intelligence was a really big phrase. So in my work in business, I'm trying to figure out how spiritual intelligence, you know, we know about EQ and IQ, but spiritual intelligence tied into some of what you're just saying. So, you know, tapping into your emotional, your intelligence, a slide up here is showing the SQ, the EQ, the IQ. But if you understand the power of what you just said with programming and language first internally, programming yourself from your own behaviors about the life that you want to have, and then you can help shape the world with others doing good in the world. It's a very powerful spiritual currency that is flowing through all that we do. So how can people, if people wanted to learn about NLP, what's the best place to start? Like, let's say someone's, they've never really even heard of it, but they think that sounds interesting. Where would someone start? And then we're going to come back on another segment, but where would someone start learning about NLP? Totally. One of the best places to start is with, I just created a new membership program. It's called Manifestors Alliance. And it's a place where we come together every week and it's like an hour of power and I give specific, there's a monthly theme every month and it's based on the wisdom of NLP as well as other wisdoms that are integral to the body of work called NLP. And that way you can start initiating yourself into the power of this. And once you get the taste of how this can totally empower you to break free of any of these old limitations from the past and move forward with purpose in your life to manifest your dreams, this is the beginning. And then it leads to those that are really inspired to discover more. I have NLP training programs. My company is a certified Institute of Hypnosis as well as NLP. So people can come just for their own empowerment and transformation, or they can also even become certified. Awesome. Well, we're going to come back and hear about more about Nirka, not only in some of her programs, but if you're interested in learning about more about NLP, but also as we wrap up this next segment, we're going to talk more about spiritual intelligence and how do you adapt that into, obviously Nirka in the first few segments told you how she had to learn how to make money, how she became came then top at making money. She had different levels of success that she hit. But in this path, the constant theme was faith and also manifesting for good. So if you're tied into aligning with some of the words that she talked about, about manifesting for good, more success, more abundance, more prosperity, come back on our last segment with Nirka. You're going to learn even more. Thanks for listening in on the Alchemy of Business.
Hello, and welcome back to the Alchemy of Business Show. We are here talking about things related to success, to power, to empowerment, to alignment, to moving forward. And the woman that we have today, Miss Nirka, I call her Nirka, but I'm calling her Miss Nirka right now, is somebody who does this at such a high level. Miss Nirka or Nirka, supreme influence. Do you look at you like a supreme being that you've manifest on the planet? You continually vibrate at a very high level, inspiring others. So as you went and launched Supreme Influence, and then the book led into workshops that led into modules. How have you then gone into manifesting further? You have many programs for those that are seeing slide, if you can view this, and we'll have these in the show notes, but you've got many courses. If I had to ask you if any of these were your kids, can you quietly tell us, do you have a secret favorite kid? Are all they your favorite kids? And let's learn a little bit more about what you do digitally. And then when you're out in the world now. Definitely. Well, I would say they're all my favorite kids and they all have their own unique expression. I would say the one that I would suggest is Manifestors Alliance as an entryway. And that is is because it's a virtual experience where we can be together, as I mentioned earlier in the previous segment, for an hour of power once a week that really brings community together, which is so important right now. And it's virtual so we can tune in from everywhere in the world. And that's where I pack the most value in the shortest amount of time, okay? Then from there, these are digital products and I'm gonna get into those really quick in a second. But let me share, my life's work has been total immersion transformational experiences, bringing people together in environments for multiple days, two days, three days, four days, and guiding them through a full-on transformational process that by the time they're complete, they can literally describe their life as before Supreme Influence and after Supreme Influence. It's that transformational. It's like a portal. And because these courses, we have that time to go into a deep dive. And from these courses, some were created through my own transformation where I looked at what have been the things and the, the teachings, the wisdom, the practices, the actions that have made the biggest difference in my own life. And then then transforming that into an experience, transforming that into a course. And then some of my other courses came from advanced students who had had so many breakthroughs. They've been through so many things. They were like, wait a minute, we want the next level of this. Like I created a spiritual program that I frankly would have never created because I didn't want to, you know, put something out into the world that would be the, you know, woo woo, ooga booga course, right? But my students came back and they go, there's something about you that's different. And it's not just the teaching. There's an energy here. There's like a vibration. What is that? So many of my courses were created, my love, my devotion, my deep devotion for my students who have requested the next level, who have inspired me to create things that I never even originally intended to create. So there's a combination of those things. And then the digital courses is really a response to meet people wherever they are in the world at an investment that allows anyone to be able to come in and get a taste of what's possible. So the one on the left right there, Steve, Cream Influence, influence yourself, influence our world. I've got a gift for you. <laughs> we love gifts. So yeah. a gift for your community and all, all the listeners is, and you can go to my website. I'm sure Steve will put it somewhere there. It's nyurkainc.com forward slash supreme hyphen influence hyphen gift. And you're going to get the first four full video modules of this teaching emailed to you so that you can get a taste of the power of this work. And then there's so many different modules. You know, you talk about NLP as one example. There's a lot of NLP weaved into these four particular teachings, evolved NLP, you know, communication mastery. One of the things I teach is that the quality of our lives mirrors the quality of our communication that we're continually communicating. And it's not only communicating with others, we're communicating with ourselves. And the quality of this yeah. communication shapes our life. And we create as we speak. We are creating as we speak. Our words have that much power. You, know, you talk about spirituality. In the beginning was the word. Well, what are you speaking into existence? I see a lot of times people want more in their life, but they talk about doubts or fears or what isn't happening and complaining and all of this. And then wondering why that keeps showing up in their life. So yeah, that's powerful. That's so powerful. Well, thank you for the gift. We will make sure that everyone sees those in the show notes so that you can just click on the link and go right to Nirka's page. And thank you for offering that generous gift. We appreciate it. I hope you listeners or viewers will take advantage of that. Uh, it will be a great, great doorway to you because not only does Nirka teach about communication, but she also, in communicating with herself internally, with others around her and the world, also Nirka, you and I understand about connecting with higher energy, con communicating on an ongoing basis that our Wi-Fi signal always has at least four or five bars. And when we're down to two or three bars and our Wi-Fi signal is a little weak, we know that we have rituals or practices that we need to do to get get that energy back connected to source. So I want to talk about that on your definition of spirituality. But before we do that, because we only have about four or five minutes left in the show, I do want to do a really quick segment on a little fun thing. And not that we haven't been having fun, but we do something called 
instantly interesting Instagram, kind of, you know, the rage with social media and fun things people have. So I wanted just to get a little snippet into some of the things you have happening in your life, whether it's in business or fun. So here's the rules. They're very simple. We take a quick dive on your photo of our Instagram feed. We then pull up some interesting ones that without any contact and you share and tell us more about what's happening in that photo. Just a real quick 15, 30 seconds on each one. And then for those that can't view this because you're not seeing it, I'll describe the photo and Nirka will tell us their experience. You up for playing? Awesome. Let's do it. All right. Instantly. Interesting. Instagram. Okay. So we've got, it looks like a kind of a before and after picture here. We have three people in a picture and I do recognize that we've got Tony Robbins as a young gentleman and then a little bit older. And then we've got you in. So tell us what's happening in this photo here. This is a great example of how quickly and powerfully or how your life can totally transform. In the picture on the left, this is when I was in my early twenties in Fiji. So in Fiji with Tony and his wife, Sage, and then fast forward, uh, a couple decades, I think later is I'm touring Canada with Tony Robbins, every single major marketplace in Canada. The other gentleman that's there with me is one of my best friends, Sam. Sam was the CEO and general counsel of all of Tony's companies for 22 years. And that's the transformation on there and how blessed I am. You know, even though we talked about the challenges, I'm so grateful and I'm so blessed for this opportunity, as you can see, because it's really made a profound impact in my life. Awesome. Thanks for that. Okay. We've got you kind of wrapped in a blanket here, sitting on top of like a sand dune kind of thing, looking like kind of wildernessy there. What's going on in this photo? I'm in Egypt. And that's when I took my first sabbatical. I was actually working for Tony Robbins at the time. I was in my early 20s. I was probably 23 years old there. And that's when I said, I need to take two months off and go somewhere. And I took a globe and I spin the globe and I closed my eyes. And I, I'm really glad I didn't land in like the Pacific Ocean or Atlantic Ocean because <laughs> I, hit, I hit a place and I said, wherever I hit, that's where I'm destined to go. And I landed in Egypt. Egypt. And I spent 40 days and 40 nights in Egypt, meditating, going into the desert, contemplation, meditation, visioning, powerful experience. Awesome. Very powerful. Okay. Here it looks like two of a uh, man and woman's best friends, two dogs that are looking in the nectar here of wilderness and nature. Tell us what's happening here. We're in Aspen. And that was actually just la just a few months ago. And those are my two boys. Those are my two furry kids, Apollo and Buddha. Great names. Being in nature. You know, nature is one of the sources of my deepest inspiration. I find inspiration is a key to all of my creations and I source inspiration in nature. Perfect. Anything else there, Noel? Do we have any other photos? Are we done there? Our engineer. Okay. So Nirka, let's wrap up. We got about two or three minutes left, which I hate because this went by. I felt like this was 15 minutes, not an hour. Because you and I, when we get talking, can just flow. But let's end on a note about Supreme, your Supreme influence of your own life. How do you define Supreme in any kind of fashion of spirituality? In asking you, what is your definition of spirituality? And how do you, do you define it? And how does it incorporate it into, into your life and business? Awesome question. You know, I remember years ago, Wayne Dyer said something that touched my heart. And he said, you can't get wet from the word water. Mm. And I saw so many people attempting to define spirituality through their unique angle, their unique lens, and then feeling that the other people were wrong and they were right. And what I realized is that spirit is the essence. It is the essence of all existence. It is literally that which births everything into being. Spirit is breathing you right now. And it's breathing me. The same life force breathing you is breathing everyone who is listening. The same life force that is beating my heart. All of us that are listening right now, I'm gonna invite you to bring your hands to your heart center and feel into the rhythm of your beautiful radiant heart. There's a life force energy that is beating your heart right now. This is not like your human ego consciousness going, I'm gonna beat my heart and I'm gonna have my heart stop. It happens as a natural action. It is the source of existence. So as we tune into this inner wisdom, the wisdom of the heart, the wisdom of spirit, the wisdom of the life force energy, it's in nature. This is what it means to be in supreme. Supreme is the, the highest. It's the divine divinity, the divinity, the presence, the presence and power of spirit, which is breathing you again, which is the prana, the life force. In, in Hebrew, they call it the ruach, the chi, prana, the energy. So as we tune into this, this subtle presence, this divine presence that is everywhere. There is nowhere that is not the omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient powers of the universe. And you know what? Science right now, this is one of the things that's so cool. Like you listen to scientists right now that would normally never even say the word God. And they're talking about how we literally come from the stars. You know, ancient sages of India said, aham brahmasmi, which means all that exists, exists within me. All that exists. This was said centuries ago. You read it in Sanskrit. Now you have scientists say, 
Neil deGrasse Tyson's going, yeah, our guts come from the stars. Well, enlightened masters have been saying this. I get fired up about, you know, this conversation. Michio Kaku, which is one of the leading scientists alive today, he says, God is cosmic music vibrating through hyperspace or resonating mm. through hyperspace. So it's like now okay. you've got scientists evoking the divine through their work, which again is what enlightened masters have said for centuries. So from an early age, I started researching this. I was drawn to the Bhagavad Gita and the Upanishads and, and yeah, all these too. different traditions because my parents changed religions when I was 12. Mm. And I had an existential crisis about what was going to happen to the Buddhists. They couldn't burn in hell for all eternity. That doesn't make any sense. So <laughs> I started looking for the source beyond the labels, beyond the description. This one calls it Buddha. This one calls it Jehovah. This one calls it Jesus. This one calls it all of these different expressions. What is the source that has fueled my deepest inspiration? Ooh, I'm a little- Oh, I love that. Well, you can definitely, you've been energetic through the entire segment. And this one, you even came more alive, which is like, how do you get more alive than Nirka in the first few segments? Ask her about spirit, ask her about God, ask her about energy. And you're right. I mean, it, it is the supreme. I don't care. It's like, you know, when, when you're having someone describe a piece of uh, fruit or the sand on the beach from different languages. People all have different ways to say that word. It means the same thing. So I've come to believe similar as you do that, you know, God is the sum of all that is. And I'm not here to define for anybody how they determine those different practices. I'm here to, like you are, to have the conversation be more open and mainstream in all that we do, because it is this energy that we can tap into on a daily, hourly, moment by moment basis that we are so blessed to have an understanding of as human spiritual beings. So I could talk about hours for this for you. And unfortunately, our time is up, but we will have to come back and just do an entire segment on this because you just came like to 150 degree level there, which is like, yay. I'm like, she was already at 100. Now she's like at 150 speed. So Nirk, I cannot thank you enough for our listeners, for our viewers, for all the gifts that you shared with us today, for your gift you're going to be sharing in the link. And thank you again for all the work you were doing in the world, your supreme influence, your continual growth of yourself as a woman, as a businesswoman, as a spiritual being, as an example of good. I want to thank you for my friendship with you and thank you for being on the show and any last words for the audience as we wrap up well yeah you have a gift you have a gift there's no one on the planet like you no one has your unique expression and your unique creativity and way of shining light into the world so i'm going to inspire you invite you to shine your light shine your gifts and one final thought is be mindful since we're talking about spirituality be mindful of what you speak after the words i am I am is an invocation. When you say I am, you are calling something in. Someone says, oh my gosh, I'm so broke. I'm so fat. I'm so blah, 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 blah. Your words have power. Your intention has power. Your focus has power. So be mindful that I am is the eheye, eheye, the I am presence. And be purposeful and intentional with your communication as you speak. And the other thing, Steve, is it brings so much joy to my heart to be here with you. You and I have been, uh, we've known each other for decades. And uh, to be in this moment with you right now with your community, it just warms my heart in such a deep way. I'm super grateful. To be Many blessings. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening in to the Alchemy of Business show. We were blessed today, have Nirk, and we can't wait to get this episode out for everybody. And thanks for tuning in today. And make sure you know your own power of I am. And that concludes this episode of The Alchemy of Business with your host, Steve Rogers. If you found value in today's broadcast, please consider liking, subscribing, sharing with friends, and leaving a review. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next Thursday for another episode. Be blessed and see you soon.